Welcome! We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. everybody and welcome back to Projector Lunchcast episode 53 or as I like to call it the first ever inaugural episode of the Marcel and Basti fun time super happy fun hour um, because today it's only me that's Marcel and you that's Basti. Hi hi I mean we waited now for like 30 minutes for Phil Spencer to show up but I don't know what it is like I expected especially a man of that caliber of Phil to 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 show up just in time but we have to start recording right? You know, I, can't, I mean don't complain like if this was Chris Roberts he'd be showing up in like 10 years. <laughs> Good one. No, so yeah, unfortunately, Richard won't be joining us today, and I think actually that's a premiere bust because I think like we've been doing this for 53 episodes now. I've done episodes with just Richard, you've done episodes with just Richard, but I think it's never been just the two of us, right? This is weird. Is that is that telling us something? Is Richard like may, maybe barely a concept and not a real person? Maybe just a hired voice actor we used for that generic sweet uh, New York accent? I mean, at times, Richard strikes me like as, as if you if you go to Japan, like they're making a very animu JRPG, and you tell them like, hey, could you come up with like like a, a guy that wears like a lot of, you know, lumber, lumber feller, you know, like, um, what is it called? Ah, Holzfeller, goddammit. The checkerboard, checkerboard thing. I have a lumberjack, like just could you come up with a concept for a guy that wears like a lot of lumberjack-esque shirts and he's from upper, uh, upstate New York and you're like, say no more. This is Richard Miller. That's how it happens. I mean, do you guys really believe that someone with a generic name like Richard Miller actually exists? You know, that's uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's that's that's just too cliche. Ah. Like that's that's like the inception story. But anyways, enough of you know people of the past. Um, we got a ton of shit to talk about today, right? Because last Holy. week was the Xbox Games Showcase 2020, I believe is the official name. It was I think 57 minutes, 22 games, um, all about Xbox Game Pass. And uh, yeah, we will go through the different games and announcements and share our expert, not fanboy at all, analysis and commentary on each of them. And uh, to start, you know, out with a with making things weird, of course, the show started with, uh, you know, the, the, the legend himself returning, John 117, uh, the Master Chief in Halo Infinite. However, for a variety of reasons, as we're going to see later, you know, Halo has really dominated all the discourse about the event in, in the week since. So actually, we're going to save Halo, you know, for last. And we're going to talk about all the other games first. And then at the end, we're going to talk, I'm sure, in depth, because I assume you have opinions. I know I have opinions. So uh, oh, yeah. we'll talk about John towards the end. Absolutely. Which also so leaves us, like, we, we're still doing it in order, right? Just Otherwise, we yes, we're okay. doing it in order minus minus the Halo, which is, you know, it's infinite. Could be could be at any time. That's infinity for you. So what was the immediate thing they have shown after Halo? Uh, the first thing that was shown after Halo, or like the second thing overall shown in the game, was the announcement of State of Decay 3 from Undead Labs. It was a CG trailer, and it's coming to Series X and PC, and there was no date given. Uh, oh boy. 
I mean, we had this Twitter discussion lately. I'm not in general against CGI trailers for a game announcement, but if you announce the third installment of a series where the people have a very, very good grasp how the game plays, and loop is, and probably will be even in the third game, is it such a good idea to have a absolutely stunningly nice-looking CGI trailer which shows nothing of the game? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it, it is a good question. I think um, like this one like already summarizes. Uh, like you know it's it's the first uh, appearance of a theme that you're going to see appearing over and over throughout the you know our rundown of the show because yes it was a cg trailer which we're going to see a lot of it was um which is a bit weird because you know, like we recently talked about like phil spencer saying that for the first couple of years there won't be any exclusives and all the games from microsoft are going to be coming to xbox one as well so it, it is only coming according to the trailer to xbox one uh, sorry to xbox series x and pc and it doesn't have a date, and like these are are things you know that that gonna will will keep up popping up throughout the show. Yeah. And also, what is interesting here is, um, I think the last game this year, State of Decay two, came out in uh, 2018, so it's you know already been two years, but it's still just a CG trailer. They're saying that they're very early in development, and that is also something that's gonna happen a few times throughout the show, where you're, like games seem to be fairly early in development, despite you know what, that you would be expecting something different. I mean, they said the the multi-gen um, support is like for two years. Initially, I think in the past they said two years or so. Um, this time, I think they said one year. My personal guess would be, or like you know, uh, as far as I assumed it is like if if right now they're saying a game is only on Xbox Series X and PC, I expect the game to come out twenty twenty two. That is yeah. you know, my my rule of thumb. But like, that also completely wrong. But that also leaves us with like a huge lineup of games which will come, won't come out in the next year. Yes. It's a um, weird situation. On, on the one hand, I would say, unfortunately, you know, like they're repeating some of the mistakes from the past again, from like the, the, the Xbox One announcement where some of the messaging seems a bit wishy-washy. It's not quite clear. Of course, in their defense, you have to say, you know, COVID is, of course, a, a thing. And also, if you look at um, the uh, the PS5, like the state of play, there they were also very hesitant to really put dates on a lot of stuff. Like it was always, you know, uh, 2021 or, or like no no year or anything at all given. So I guess that is just like power for the course for now that, you know, we will probably see dates on a lot of the stuff later than we would have, you know, yeah. in the past. To be honest, from my point of view, I'm fine with even like a lot of the titles coming out like 2022. Because to be honest, I don't think a console launch needs like a huge amount of games at launch. That was like, especially in the past, even earlier console generations and everything. You had a few really good titles, then maybe a, a sequel or a familiar franchise, maybe something completely new, but that was it. So if they come up with like two to three to four really nice new games, um, in that year, plus obviously all the general games which come out for all consoles and all platforms anyway, I might be fine with that to be honest, as long as the games are good Yeah, yeah I mean, and usually personally I think I tend to buy two to three games at launch, or like when I buy a new platform, but yeah, you know I, I really, I, I think this time with with COVID of course, like it's it's really hard right now, like it's very unclear what the game, like what the launch lineups are right now, uh, for Microsoft it seems to be just Halo Plus a bunch of updates to older games. Uh, for Sony, it's probably Miles Morales, but nobody knows of anything else. No. Um, so yeah. Coming up next, and you know, already going with the theme we just established, 
was a in-engine trailer uh, for Forza Motorsport. A um, couple of things to notice here. A, there is no number. You know, uh, it would be, I think, Forza Motorsport 8. If properly numbered, there's no number. They also keep you know said that like this would take the series to like a more of a platform approach, which I guess makes sense, you know, because in the past they kept uh, putting these games out every two years. Yeah. So maybe this time, you know, it makes sense also with Xbox Game Pass, of course, to just say, you know, we go to for more like a platform approach and we will keep building to the Forza Motorsport experience with car packs, whatever, over time, over the course of the next generation. Um, notable there also, it's coming to Series X and PC, so no old console, and it doesn't have a date yet. And also here, and this is very, very surprising to me, is that um, they said that also this is early in development because... Um, Forza Motorsport 7 came out in 2017. So mm. going by the usual two-year cadence, the, the, like this game, Forza Motorsport 8, should have also already been out last fall. It hasn't been out. It's not coming this year, which a lot of people, including myself, assumed when it was a no-show last year, were just like, okay, of course, they're saving Forza, you know, for launch. But yeah, there is no, uh, no Forza for launch. This game is also supposedly early in development, according to what they said, uh, which is strange, you know, because... Again, by the usual cadence, it would have come out last year. Um, so yeah, it seems like a Fall 21 game at the earliest. I mean, you and know, also, there is no Forza Motorsport Horizon. Sorry, there's no Forza Horizon this year either. But instead, uh, Forza Horizon 4 is getting a, a Series X upgrade to 4K 60 FPS. I mean, you know, I'm the the biggest motorsport game aficionado known to man, but. I was going to say, yes, you are the biggest motorsport game. Absolutely. I'm the biggest motorsport game. Um. But how is it like when you say the last game came out three years ago and then you had three years and they're early in development? How is it with like post launch? Do do these kind of like games get a lot of like post launch support? But, but with a huge team like that, usually you have like a, just a small dedicated team working on post launch and I don't get it. Yes. I mean, like for, for Forza for a long time now, it's been this, this annual um, taking turns between Motorsport and Horizon. Um so last year, no, but going by the usual cadence, should have been Forza Motorsport 8, and this year we should have gone Forza Horizon 5. Um, clearly, with uh, 8, sorry, with Motorsport, they are trying to go back to the drawing board and like establish the series as some kind of like you know Forza platform going forwards. Again, there's no number or anything on this. And yeah, the big question is then: Are, are we going to see Forza Horizon next? Um, it's interesting because, of course, initially you know Forza Horizon was the spin-off. But it seems that actually by now Forza Horizon is way more popular than Motorsport. Like it's getting rave reviews every time. I think like even people who normally don't like car games like myself can enjoy Forza Horizon mm -hmm. because it's such a well-made, fun game. It looks pretty um, though. So yeah, it, it, it looks amazing. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they're up to. And then you know, moving on to another game that's coming to Series X and PC, not the old Xbox anymore, which is weird because it was initially announced for coming to the old Xbox as well. I think also not having a date is Everwild from Rare, which I have to say looks amazing to me. Winner of the show. I like the, the, the art style is absolutely incredible. Absolutely gorgeous. Like that game made me almost shed tears. Like the, the, the emotional impact of that artwork of that kind of like, I have no idea weird creative press of the wild. Nobody knows the gameplay as, as far as I know. Like I think they even said that they're even playing around yeah, with some gameplay concepts. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, it no, looks pretty and creative and great. And I want this. Uh, personally, I'm just very happy that, you know, like after uh, all the Kinect stuff in the past, that uh, between Sea of Thieves and this, like you look at these games and if somebody tells you, hey, they're, they're from Rare, you just say, yeah, that makes sense. That I can see that. 
kind of they, they were like really finding their identity as as that studio again. Also, I want more games, high-profile games, which don't use this kind of like hyper-realistic HDR art style. Uh, like, don't get me wrong, it's nothing nothing bad about um, having like a God of War or The Last of Us, etc. Like that, these games look absolutely brilliant. But this the Heidi style, I think you can do a triple A really really good game, even with a stylized, um, well animated uh, art style, which I absolutely love because we we rarely see that nowadays. It's more like the indie zone where you usually get this kind of like stuff. Yeah, but it'll uh, it's definitely a game I will be keeping an eye on. As you said, like it's one of the games that like really stood out for me from the show. I already liked the the announcement trailer last year. But this one just, yeah, I think the art is phenomenal. I'm really curious to learn more about the actual gameplay because as you said so far, the only thing we know it's it's going to be multiplayer. It's going to be probably four players because that's what always shows up, you know, in, in the trailers. Uh, you have you to be nice to animals. With nature and animals, yes, that's important. I mean, like, that's that's just a given, right? Like, that also applies to real life. You always got to be nice to animals. Yeah. Uh, unless they're snakes because real life is, you know, just like Sea of Thieves. If you find a snake, fuck that snake. Wait, that sounded weird. Hmm... You should Anyways, rethink I'm your really relationship snakes. uh, with snakes, yeah. I'm really terrified of snakes, what can I say? Yeah. Then, moving on to a game that's actually, you know, a game that's coming out this season for, you know, for the launch, presumably, uh, was Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which, of course, came out earlier this year uh, to rave reviews. Uh, from everything I've seen, people absolutely love that game. At least those who did not break the controllers in frustration over the difficulty. I'm, I'm one of that one, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to get a, a Series X update that will be 120 FPS, uh, 4K and improved audio. For all the five and people who have 120 FPS uh, TV. Don't those like really popular, like was it like LG, B9 and C9 series? Aren't they 120 or 100, I think, is it? Not sure, Earth. maybe. Maybe, I have and to they're look that one up. They're definitely more than 60 as far as I know. But yeah, I think to, to my knowledge, this is the second game after Dirt, which was announced in the um, in the Inside Xbox in May. That that has been announced for 120 FPS, I believe. To be honest, I think uh, Ori Ori is a perfect game for that for that fluid animations and that uh, like the the whole art style, how the game plays, how quick and snappy everything is as a platformer. I think if there's a game where 120 FPS, 4K improved audio and all that stuff works, especially with that soundtrack, or it's, it's perfect. I also like the idea that they're continuously updating their game to more modern tech standards. The thing is, uh, what I missed a little bit about that conference is like the sense of like new tech like breaking ground in some regards and of course it's a little bit easier with a with a game like Ori with a uh, reaching 120 fps but i think this is like new benchmarks we need more for the new console generation that feeling of like okay 120 and 4k that is absolutely only possible on that new series x console not for the uh, not for the old ones yeah, that is you know for for existing users or of course anybody with xbox game pass that is a as we said it's a difficult game but it's also an absolutely stellar game so enjoy and I just noticed that we um, skipped the game. So, Basti, tell me why did I accidentally skip something? Uh, I don't not know. I really wow, this, and actually, now this this may sound to people like we practiced this before. We did not. We did not. Um, we clearly I'm did not. Idiot. Like this I... was this was just unpracticed Marcel EDC trademark. Uh, so yeah, uh, tell me why. But don't not entertainment. Uh, they showed an in-engine slash gameplay trailer, which I guess with games like this is sometimes like a little bit hard to differentiate between in-engine and gameplay. Because it's also one of those uh, cinematic, story-driven, um, episodic games. 
like Life is Strange. It's coming to Xbox Series One, uh, sorry, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. And the first episode is already out a month from now on August 27th. And I believe this one is about um, two siblings that are trying to figure out what happened to their mother in uh, rural Alaska. Yeah. And one of them is transgender. Correct. And also, I think, voiced by a transgender, which is really good because that rarely happens. Um, yes, I do not know. Uh, I absolutely adore the Don't Not Adventure games. Um, I love the Life is Strange series. Um, so I'm absolutely looking forward to that game. We'll play that for sure when it comes out. But at the same time, this is not the kind of game I'm super excited for to see in that Xbox new console generation conference, to be frank. Because it's, yeah, it looks better than the previous ones, but Don't Not games are not about visual fidelity, etc. The multi-platform. I don't know what it is. Like I love them. But um, this is not the game I necessarily want to see in that that uh, showcase, kind of, if you know what I'm saying. I like that it gave me some Alan Wake vibes, because as you know, I love Alan Wake. And for those of you who do not know, Alan Wake was also one of the major inspirations for Twin Peaks. Oh boy, I kind of miss that weird token, token American we usually have here, because uh, he would he would join me on that one. He, he would right now be strangling his own microphone. Yes. While, while looking for like a coffee thermoses in his flat. But good question though, Marcel. Um, I mean, when it comes to the like choosing games, you as a, as, a, as a brand person, marketing person, choosing games for a showcase like this, like, I mean, I guess sometimes you want to deliberately fill up the, the, the gaps with games, which kind of like not following that hype for a new console, for new games, etc. just like, I don't know. Like, would you say that a game like Tell Me Why is well placed in that conference, or would you rather say it should have been left out for giving other games a spotlight? That's a good question. I think really what it comes down to is that, realistically speaking, I don't think this was the uh, Xbox Series X showcase. It was the Xbox Game Pass showcase. Yeah, that makes um, sense. For that, I think you know, there's a, there's a couple of good reasons for having it there. Of course, you know, you, you always want to appeal to like that core audience for those, for a lot of those people don't not is an established name that they like, you know, they have that indie charm. Obviously it's, it's an exclusive game. Um, it's, it's something different. And also I think Microsoft, you know, for a very long time, they always fought against this, this image of like, you know, Amer like Xbox is just for Americans. Like they have shooters, they have Madden and they have cars. So I think anything that falls outside that, you know, like, like Everwild, like uh, tell me why, like some of the stuff we're going to see later. Um, to me, to me, it makes sense to include in there. And yeah, again, if you know, if if it was just like focus on like the next gen and all the graphics and stuff, then maybe you could say, you know, maybe it sticks out like a sore thumb. But like for like just showing the breadth of of Xbox Game Pass and all of that, I think it makes a lot of sense. And of yeah. course, again, we know we know with COVID, God knows like what what these showcases would have looked like, you know, um, if everybody had been able to work in their studios for the entirety of this year. That's also something like that. That you have to keep in mind that maybe we're seeing things here that literally, you know, were just put in as filler because something else didn't make it or so. But yeah. Good point. Like after after over a year doing that podcast with you and knowing you for several years, I finally get the get the sense that you sometimes know what you're talking about. I know, especially when it comes to Twin Peaks. I've oh never actually seen that. Fun fact, like there is like where I grew up, like nearby, like in a neighboring town, there is a, a metal band that I quite like. And they have a song which is called Firewalk With Me. And like only years later did I realize where that comes from. Like I just thought, hey, you know, like that's just a cool song title. Hmm. 
One day we should do a movie movie night with you and you will be incredibly confused and probably complaining all the time while browsing your Twitter on your phone. Well, you should record that for the podcast. It's like a special episode for our Oh yeah, live stream. Watch Marcel watching Twin Peaks for the first time. Excellent. While tweeting about Alan Wake. So moving on in the in the show actually, um next up was uh one of my favorite parts. Because I have to say, as you know, Microsoft has been buying up a lot of studios in recent years. And out of all of them, by far the one I was most excited about is Obsidian. Uh, for two reasons. A, I just love Obsidian. I think they make excellent games, so you know I'm happy to have more of them. And also, even as somebody who always loved Obsidian games, you know, of course it was also this feeling mm, maybe they could have used a little bit more time, a little bit more money, you know, for for polish, for QA, for QC. Like it always felt like they had like these little rough edges. So just hearing that in the future they're gonna have all of you know like um, Daddy Phil's checkbook available to them is is amazing news to me, and so I was very happy to see um, three different Obsidian things. Oh yeah. In in the Obsidian you know uh, segment. So first they announced the first of two upcoming DLCs for Outer Worlds, which was one of my favorite games from last year. I think the same for you also, yep. Richard. Uh, it's called Peril on Gorgon. They had a very fun. Uh, very pulpy um, trailer uh, announcing that Peril on Gorgon is coming uh, September 9th. It has all the trappings you would expect a DLC for the Outer Worlds to have. And it is the first of two DLCs. They didn't announce the second one really yet, just that it's going to be one more pack. Um, I actually expected these to become a little bit sooner in the year, considering that you know by September the game is almost a year old. But again, here I probably blame COVID uh, getting in the way of, you know, like... Did they talked in the earlier. past about? Uh, uh, did they talk about uh, they're working on DLC or doing DLC? I because I had the feeling they said no, it's done, right? No, no, they said fairly soon after. I think like December, latest January. So they said they were working on DLC, yeah. and then nothing ever happened. So um, that actually okay. caught me by surprise because I thought you know like it's probably going to be something out by by March or April or so, which would be the usual cadence for for DLC coming out for yeah. a year from from the for, for a game from past previous years holiday season but that did not happen as, as much as i was absolutely fine and okay with that game just being over like in a sense of even the runtime of that game i was like no that's it's just perfect it's the perfect size of a game for me um i'm actually uh, very very looking forward to this one because uh, i think outer worlds deserves um more attention more content if possible and um i will play the dlcs for sure Absolutely. And I think it was also very interesting to see that recently in one of their blog posts on Xbox Wire where Microsoft talked about um, Xbox Game Pass and they listed like, you know, all the franchises that are coming to um, to Xbox Game Pass on day one. They listed Outer Worlds as one of those franchises. So I think it's probably fair to say that, you know, even after the DLC, there will be more stuff, uh, you know, board, board sponsored and approved fun and uh, in the future as well. Then, uh, during the second thing during the Obsidian segment was uh, a trailer that I personally I, I, I found really, really funny. Like, you know, it's it's often that trailers, and here's talking to you, Borderlands, you know, that trailers try to be funny and maybe they don't quite nail it. But I thought this one was really fun. It was for Grounded. Uh, it said, like, you know, the usual, if you want the biggest game of the year, play Cyberpunk. Uh, but if you want the smallest game, and uh, you know that w- was already fun to me, it and worked then, like, very well. Yeah, I think they they really nicely picked up the criticism of the game, where because initially a lot of people were like, "This looks nothing like like Obsidian," where they were like, you know, they're from Obsidian, makers of games that look nothing like this. So I really think they like they got cheeky and just played with that criticism. Uh, I also have to say I played um, Grounded last month, 
during the Steam, what's it called, Steam Game Festival mm -hmm. or something, the demo, I was surprised how good it looks. Like, you know, yeah. that game was graphically very, very pretty, actually, I have to say. You know, for his first of all survival games, you know, tend to be rough around the edges a little bit, even more so early access games. And this one has a very small team as well. And I was really surprised. Like, that game is like looked really, really nice and also felt pretty polished already last month. To be honest, uh, like especially for the small, didn't they say like there's probably like a dozen of people or something working on that one? I think like for a long time it was like four or five people. I think like now they set for for launch like they up to twenty, I believe, or so. That makes sense. But to be honest, I think that game looks absolutely stellar. When they first announced it, I was a little bit like, I don't know. The same here. I don't like survival games normally, but yeah, this one is. Uh, it was I want to fun. play this. Yeah, I want to I play mean, this you know, with you, you guys. And you can bust it because this week, actually, by the time I think people are hearing this episode, you can play this game. Thanks to Xbox Game Pass, because it's coming out this week to Steam Early Access and uh, Xbox Game Preview via Xbox Game Pass, I Let's believe. Let's do it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll try that. And, um, I'm going to uh, poke around yeah. in an anthill and die horribly. I, I will let you lie, die horribly, yes. And maybe see if just, you know, if your corpse like dropped anything I could use. So much like real life, really. And then uh, to to cap off the uh, the Obsidian segment came uh, my personal highlight of the show. Um, you know, in, in terms of new stuff, because obviously we all knew Halo was there, like they announced it. We all, I think, at least you know, if if you followed gaming news and leaks and rumors, I think we all had an inkling that a certain British-inspired RPG series might be making a return. Uh, this one was. Uh, a game that I heard a lot of whispers ar around before, but as you know, like sometimes whispers turn into nothing, or like nothing comes from them. So I was really very happy to see the announcement of Avowed. Um, Avowed is a new first-person action RPG in the world of Eora, um, which for those of you who missed it, because I found it quite interesting, they didn't, didn't really say, like they didn't name-check the games, they just mentioned the world of Eora. Because that is the setting of Pillars of Eternity and Pillars of Eternity to Deadfire. So two um, very classic isometric uh, real-time with pause RPGs that came to PC and later on consoles in the past years. And uh, now they're turning that into a, a first-person you know, action RPG that is coming to Series X and PC and again doesn't have a date. I, it's, I, I hope that is true because you know, we, we both just said that we loved Outer Worlds. It was described to me in the past you know, when, when, when I heard those whispers. There's somebody saying that like Avowed is essentially um, the Skyrim to to Fallout's Outer Worlds, so like their take on uh, on that, that that formula. And I have to say like I would be very interested, you know, to see um, Obsidian's version of Skyrim because I, it's not something they've really ever done. Like when they've done fantasy, you know, it was always like this kind of like isometric or, or like Dungeon C3, um, the action RPG. Like to really see this kind of like you know very very cool. Um, First-person RPG from Obsidian. I'm, I'm very excited about it. like that. That is something I absolutely want to see. That that last part of the trailer when they when they moved into first-person that got me incredibly hyped. Like uh, you you can have all my money, guys. First-person action RPG in a dark fantasy setting made by Obsidian. I'm sold. Nothing more to say. So yeah, that is one that definitely we're going to be keeping an eye on here on the projectile lunchcast. And moving on, and uh, coming back to your earlier point that you mentioned when we talked about Tell Me Why, um, you know, those those cinematic, story-driven, make-a-decision-at-a-point games, um, there was a new studio called Interior Slash Night, uh, which it was founded by Caroline Marshall, who worked on Heavy Rain and Beyond uh, at uh, Quantic Dream. 
and now she has her own studio in London, and they're making games that you know. It looked very much like you know the heritage that was that was evident of of Quantic Dreams. It's called As Dusk Falls, and I think it is about according to the trailer, which I quite like the vibe of the trailer. I like the music selection stuff, the the, the lives of different people spiraling out of control due to like certain events that I guess will be uncovered throughout the game, how they affect them, something like that. It all was a bit mysterious, but yeah, I, I thought it looked interesting. Was, um, as, as a story person, like, what, what was your take on that? A great art style. I think the, the whole vibe uh, was nice. I am a little bit tired by um, stories in the American West playing on the road. Like, I mean, there's a common, common genre trope, uh, but that also put me a little bit off from Life is Strange 2. But there's nothing like specifically against the game itself. I think maybe having that playing somewhere else would be would be nice. Was Caroline? What was her job? What was what is her position? Or what was especially her position at Quantic Dream? Her job was a, a ton of stuff. Actually, I looked it up um, on Moby Games, and then I got lazy and didn't want to write it all down because it was a ton of stuff. So let me pull it up real quick. Um, so, Caroline Marshall, she worked on uh, additional game design and the game design team for uh, Beyond Two Souls and Indigo Prophecy. She was, according to Moby Games, um, the lead, a lead gameplay programmer of Heavy Rain and Heavy Rain Chronicle 1, the taxidermist. And she's credited for story development on Blood and Truth, uh, scripting on Indigo Prophecy, and she also worked on Hidden Agenda. So, uh, She's like it seems that like Caroline has been very very busy. Yeah. Working like you know having hands all over those games. Oh boy, Quantic Dream gameplay is rough. I hope that they con concentrate on the story with S Dusk Falls. But it seems like it will be probably like a a visual novel kind of like nobody knows. But I would expect from that trailer this is more like a visual actually, novel. Like, you know, know from from seeing that trailer, like I was wondering like is this really just a is this like kind of like a storyboard trailer to get the vibe across? Is this like indicative of, of what the game would look like? You know, which could also be interesting because it's a very unusual style for a video no. game. But it was all very, very mysterious. Like uh, no clue what, you know, what, what to make of that. But again, yeah, it's, it's something to keep an eye on probably. No. Then coming up next was Senua Saga Hellblade 2 from Ninja Theory. And here they did not show any new footage. They just uh, confirmed, well, they announced, but I should say confirmed that the game is set on Iceland because I found this very interesting. Like last year at the Game Awards, when they revealed that trailer for um, for Senior Saga Hellblade 2, afterwards I saw people, you know, detective go going all detective online and trying to figure out where the game was set. And like people actually said like, hey, this is set on Iceland. Look at this. Like this is very specifically this rock formation on this coast. And so it was very interesting to now see them confirm exactly all of that, all that speculation. So once again, you're like, it, it, it seems very hard these days to, to sneak anything past yeah. uh, internet detectives who are very good by now at, at spotting this stuff. And yeah, uh, game still, obviously it's going to look fantastic. It's going to be set in Iceland and it's coming to Xbox Series X and PC at an unknown date. So again, going with that theme. To be honest, um, I'm looking forward to Sinua Saga to but uh, I was I was very disappointed by that one because it was for me like okay I go to a YouTube channel now to watch a behind the scenes documentary which would, would which is probably nice I haven't done that yet but I uh, will because I usually like their behind the scenes stuffs a lot 
But that four isn't. It was a not, basically a non-announcement, in my opinion, for for a showcase, because they haven't showcased anything, not even a CGI trailer, which is strong, which is also almost showcasing nothing. I mean, like, at least you know, like the trailer from last year, they they and Epic have both confirmed now it was running in real time on, on uh, yeah. Unreal Engine. So yeah, um, I think that game is probably also like a, a little bit further off still. Yeah. Then came a game that personally I was fairly sure would be the second launch title along Halo because it was up until the show it was still scheduled I think for summer or, or August 2019. Uh, unfortunately, it's now moved to 2021, and that is Psychonauts 2. Um, it had it had all the things you want. It had in-game slash gameplay footage in the trailer. It had Tim Schafer. It had Jack Black. It had Jack Black singing an original song composed for the game. Um, it's coming. It was super psychedelic. Oh yeah. It had a floating brain, like literally, you know, everything that like you could want from Psychonauts 2. It had uh, also a delay, unfortunately. So yes, it's now coming to Xbox One, the Series X, and PC in at some point in 2021. And it had the low resolution uh, you also expected. To be honest, uh, uh, I, I, I want this game, like despite the low resolution. I think um, uh, Psychonauts is one of the most like creative game brands genres um, worlds and um but they haven't said said uh, when 2022 right it's some 21 i know they haven't like it's okay. a little, just a year which again um was surprising to me because last i think last year at x019 in in fall they said it was coming i can't remember if it was summer or august 2019 and of course as we are closer with COVID, i was expecting it to be delayed and i was always expecting personally to be delayed until the launch because i thought you're like Prior to the show, I thought um, the launch lineup was going to be Halo because you know you obviously want a big tentpole if you can, Forza because for whatever reason it seems you are, there's always a racing game for launch of a console. It's just a law, and you want something that's maybe like you know more all ages or family friendly, and that would have been Psychonauts 2. Um, as we now know, Forza is way off. Psychonauts 2 has been delayed until next year, but yeah, it's still like it looks very cool, and you know I, I think I've. I've very rarely, if ever, I think, met anybody who does not like Jack Black. Yeah, true. But also, Tim Tim Schafer has quite a track record when it comes to when and how he releases uh, his games. So we'll see. True. I mean, Double Fine is also going to be very interesting. Like in, in the past, of course, you saw that like sometimes they had to put out a lot of games, work on a lot of stuff simultaneously to stay afloat as an indie. So yeah. now that they're under Phil's benevolent wings. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what kind of games they make in the future. Um, my favorite two games from them are, of course, Brute Legend. And I always keep forgetting, what was it called in the end? Iron Brigade? Yeah. Because initially it was called Trench, and then it had to be renamed. It's Iron, Iron Brigade. Brigade. I loved that game. Like, there was a lot of fun. I even played that a little bit of co-op with, with your uh, old friend Richard, back mm. when he was still, you know, alive a or thing. podcasting or whatever it is. Oh, I, miss, I would love to see Brute Legend 2. Please make a Brute that Legend 2. That was metal as fuck. Yeah, and Jack so Black then, as fuck. Uh, it, was, it was definitely Jack Black as fuck as well, yeah. So uh, moving on, we got to um, the, what, what are they called? Xbox Game Studios Publishing. So the, the arm of, you know, Xbox that doesn't deal just with first-party stuff, but also with partners. And um, the first one is one that I think was is gonna like be, be a lot bigger in the future than people you know probably at the at the moment thought about it or like would give it credit for 
because they announced that you know, like uh, things that once belonged together are once again coming back together. Uh, Bungie and Microsoft are BFFs again, forever until the next break. And uh, Destiny 2 is coming to Xbox Game Pass. And um, Destiny 2, so all existing expansions minus the season passes, but like all the uh, like the, the yearly big expansions, uh, you know, like stuff like Forsaken. Uh, are going to be on Xbox Game Pass starting from September, which is of course when you know, like the, the next expansion was supposed to be released, also prior to COVID. And then the new uh, expansion Beyond Lights is coming uh, to Xbox Game Pass in November. Um, for me personally, that is amazing news because I have uh, Xbox, sorry, Destiny One. I played on PC and Xbox. We are always buying everything double to play with all the different friends. Um, for Destiny 2, I stuck with PS4, and then later on I got it on the PC. But you know, essentially, thanks to cross-progression, this means and, and having Xbox Game Pass, that you're like in the future I can always play with my Xbox friends more or less for free. You know, that is that is quite nice. I think that's going to be you know quite popular with a lot of people. Um, they also announced that X, Series X is going to get an upgrade on Destiny 2. It's going to be 4K 60 FPS, and probably most crucially, I mean, there's two things. Like if you've if you've played Destiny 2 on console and you later played on PC, there's two things that you never want to go without again. That is 60 FPS because personally, I think Destiny is the um, the best feeling shooter at 30 FPS. But like playing that game at 60 or even more FPS is is just super smooth. It plays like a dream. And also the SSD. Oh my God, the SSD. Because right now on on console, it can take you a couple minutes to load up some planets in Destiny and. Uh, I think you know, like if they take if if they make good use of the SSDs, that's going to be a real game changer for people, actually. And oh boy, that trailer looked so pretty! Like, actually, I might with that one 4K 60 I mean, on the new console. Pass, you got no excuse. Exactly, I might get back into to Destiny 2 because, to be honest, on my PlayStation 4, especially the loading times. Now, as you mentioned yes, it, that it's, was horrible. It's really painful. So, you know, that is what also, like, I, I cannot blame them when they say, like, this, the game has become too big and unwieldy and, like, they want to cut, like, remove some content because, you know, the proof is right there for anybody playing on console, the loading times, they can see it for themselves. Um, yeah, but as you mentioned, after all the announcements about the Xbox Game Pass, there also was a trailer for Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Um, quite the big deal for anybody who is into Destiny is it was the first time they've shown a new uh, stasis or, or darkness powers. Because ever since Destiny 1 launched, there's been three elements. Uh, there is Void, uh, you know, which is just you know, dark stuff. There is Arc, which is lightning, is always my favorite. And there is Solar, which, as the name kind of implies, is fire. And now after, when did it come out? Uh, six years after launch of Destiny 1, there's finally going to be a new element, and it's the darkness. It's like, you know, in Star Wars terms, it would be like the first time you get to use the dark side of the Force. So um, they showed those darkness slash stasis powers um, again, which you know for Destiny and Destiny lore nerds is a huge deal. So yeah, I think I definitely think that this is a huge win for Xbox Game Pass, and you know maybe it, it was not as apparent then because you know it's not a new game or anything like that, but it's still a hugely popular game in getting all that content again, essentially you know for free. If you already have Game Pass, I think that's that's quite a nice deal, and I will be taking advantage of that to teach you, young Busty Senpai. Uh, no, wait, I'm the Senpai. Uh, Basti Kun, I will teach you how to Destiny. I give you eight Dinklebots out of ten. Nice. Then, um, yeah, why don't you tell us about what happened next, Basti? Since Holy you're shit! A stalker. Holy shit! I, 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 maybe I missed some some rumors or whatever on the internet, but 
I was surely not expecting that one. And there's also a case where I'm absolutely cool with uh, having only CGI trailer, but that we're getting a new Stalker game is such a freaking big thing for me, and I'm so hyped. Um, kind of wait, like greatest thing ever when they when they when they've shown the 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 footage, especially at the beginning in the in the camp in the encampment. Every Stalker player should be familiar around it. I lost my shit while watching the show. Um, I mean, I think I mean the, the game was announced a while ago i feel like but there was nothing really concrete well yeah i think they announced like two years ago that they're working on a new stalker with like i think one image or something. Uh, yeah there was something but there was also like i mean when you hear especially the stalker series and two years you never yes. know if the, there's the, like the stalker series and and the company what are they called got it GSC Game Worlds, they have had a quite tumultuous history. I yeah. think there's been a couple changes in ownership and stuff like that. So yes, in the past, I mean, uh, for anybody as old and, and grizzled as Busty and myself, you may also remember that like the original Stalker completely you know, fell off the, the surface of the earth for like three years or something before it suddenly yeah. came back. So yeah, um, here again, um, and that as I mentioned, like there was maybe one of the downsides of the show. Like there seemed to be sometimes a lack of clear communication. Um, so this, you know, they, they showed a trailer, as you mentioned, it looked great. It's coming to Series X and PC. It's a timed exclusive. And again, there was no date. Afterwards, people found out from reading the FAQ on the website, so, you know, like the, the video game equivalent of the legal fine print, uh, that is a target render that uh, they said, like, this is what we expect the game to look like. And as Abbott, uh, you know, as avid video game players or tortured video game developers may know, target renders do not necessarily always end yeah. up, you know, or like the other way around. Like the, the 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 final deal does not always end up looking like the target render. But of course, you know, Stalker back in the day it looked stunning. So fingers crossed that you know the new one can also look stunning again. I mean, especially in a, in a in a in a world where we have the Metro games, even though the the core loop of the Metro games is quite different to Stalker. Um, they better bring something interesting to the table. As much as I love the Stalker series to to the bits, um, just having another Stalker game won't cut it. They need to 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 bring in some new features, some new angles on that series. Especially as the trailer mainly focused on bringing that vibe of Stalker of the the old Stalker games back, and not really showing anything new. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see like what a Stalker looks like in this day. Is it still going to be Euro Janky? Probably, but I think that's also part of the charm for a lot of people. Yeah. So next up was uh, 40 Emperor Simulator 2021. Actually, I have to say, like when it, uh, it, it so it was weird. Like um, somebody had uh, before the show, uh, somebody in the in the known had uh, like told me about like a lot of the games that would be there, and they told me there's probably gonna be something Warhammer, and I had completely forgotten about this. So when this started, actually, like you know, you saw just like those those stormtroopers walking out. For a second, I actually thought like this was a new like surprise announcement for a new Wolfenstein. Because like you know, like you also had that like voices coming through speakers in a distance, which is like something like happens a lot. With the, I was the, not the, getting the, it at the at the, the, the beginning. I was like, what 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 is that? I I didn't understand it until he said, "My Lord Inquisitor." At which point, I was like, "For the Emperor." Because <laughs> you know, obviously at that point, they're they're. they're I mean, you know, like considering the fact that like it just random gen, generic English words. I think Lord Inquisitor these days is only ever really used in one context, and that is of course 40k. Um, so yeah, uh, very cool, very surprise announcement to me. Um, it's Warhammer 40k Dark Tide, as the name implies. It is the, the Warhammer 40k equivalent to Warhammer Fantasy's Vermintide 1 and 2. 
It's from the same developer, Fat Shark Games, which A, has one of the best names ever, and B, also has one of the best logos ever, because, you know, oh, yeah. there's there's no lies here, there's no cheating, no tricks. Fat Shark's logo is just a Fat Shark. They deliver on uh, that. And I appreciate, I appreciate this honesty, you know, as a customer. Uh, it's coming to Series X and Game Pass and PC in 2021. Uh, and if Vermintide 1 and 2 are anything to go by, it's probably going to be a ton of fun in co-op. Yeah, I, mean, I love I Vermintide 1 and highly, 2. Highly, highly recommend those games. They're, they're frequently on sale. So if you, dear listener, if you've never played a Vermintide 1 and 2, and if you liked um, Left 4 Dead, personally, I have to say, like uh, I like Vermintide more than Left 4 Dead. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, very, very, they're extremely similar, to be fair. Um, so yeah, give them a try. As I said, like they're very good games, and you can get prepared for Dark Titan to fighting for the Emperor by his will alone. Okay, that's enough nerding for today. Gotta save some nerding for the Master Chief after all. Next up was Tetris Effect Connected, um, with a quite you know, quite nice heartwarming trailer of a ton of people of all ages, genders, ethnicities, whatever, um, playing Tetris. Uh, it's what's his name? Tetsuya Mitsuguchi, is it? Oh, I don't know, actually. Richard would know. What is this weird name no, always know. like popping up? It's like Richard, Richard. Uh, Tetsuya Mitsuguchi, yes. Um, he is, you know, like, they're updating uh, the extremely well, from what I know, uh, received uh, Tetris effect. Like I've seen some people call it like the game of the generation. It looks super, essentially, I mean, that is what it is. But like to me, whenever I see it, it's like, oh, this looks like Tetris as if it was made by the guy who made Lumens. And Lumines, or like Lumines, I don't know, Luminous. Luminous? Luminous, probably? I don't know, but like, I love that game on, uh, you know, on the Vita. I play that a lot. I actually recently bought it for my Switch again. And, you know, I, I normally, I'm not the biggest puzzle player, but that game is just like, with the rhythm and everything, it just feels like you really get into the zone. And uh, it looks like, you know, this is exactly the same thing. So yes, they're doing an uh, updated, optimized version for uh, Xbox Series X for launch, it has optimized single player and a new multiplayer mode. Looks and really good. It looks, it looks, yeah, it looks amazing. Again, like you know, Tetris obviously is an all-time classic. This guy has an impeccable sense of style in, in his games when it comes to like you know combining rhythm, colors, vibe. Um, this game is probably going to be really, really good. Then coming up next was uh, the the best named game of the show, definitely the Gunk. Uh, the Gunk is a new timed exclusive from Image and Form Games, uh, the people behind the SteamWorld titles. It's coming to Xbox One, Series X, and PC. It doesn't have a date yet, but it's coming to Xbox One, so probably it's not that far off. And I thought I, I thought it looked quite charming. Actually, yeah. it, it reminded me a little bit of both Recore for like you know the look of the female protagonist, and also like with, with running around and hovering stuff up. And because it's an Xbox show, it also reminded me a little bit of if you still remember that Blinks the Time Sweeper. Yeah. Because Blinks always run around like time sweeping stuff up. I like that one, and I think like the the general uh, reception of that that footage was really really good. And also um, like the SteamWorld games, even though they're completely different in two D, I think they're doing uh, like quality wise. Usually they're delivering very very polished, nice games with a very very addicting core gameplay loops. So I'm looking forward to this one. I've seen people like you know that I know online who said like as soon as they saw the image and form they were sold on this like you know yeah so clearly with the SteamWorld stuff like this these guys have built a, a very good reputation among people. Then coming up next was the, a new trailer for a game we've already seen in the in, inside Xbox um, uh, showcase uh, in May. It was the Medium by Bloober Games, a Bloober team, 
And this time they actually showed some in-game gameplay um, and they showed off the what they what they dubbed the dual reality gameplay. And I have to say I didn't quite get it. Like when they when they showed the trailer, I thought that this was like Soul Reaver, where you just switch between like the real world mm-hmm. and like whatever hellish version that is. But actually what happens is um, the game turns split screen and like you are simultaneously, there's no changing, like you are at the same time in the real world and in that hell dimension and you just have one stick to control yourself. So like you walk simultaneously like forward in both both dimensions and like that also is used for puzzle solving. So um, I I didn't quite understand it at the time. I thought it was just like switching between like Soul River, but... now that I know, like it sounds actually like a quite unique concept, like that I haven't heard of really much, like in in, in this way. Uh, I'm a little bit torn on that one. Like uh, I would have loved to to see the the whole um, story of a loop realized in a modern game, but we I, for me, I just have to to wait and see if that turns out to be very beneficial for the atmosphere and for the game, or a rather gimmicky weird thing, which is gimmicky but not really of much substance i don't know it's odd but i think at least it it um you know it it checked the criteria that you asked for like showing something that's next gen because i think like the game looks very very good visually yeah and like at that quality level to render two like completely different worlds on the screen at the same time i think that was quite impressive especially for smaller teams such as them so yeah that looks cool um it's coming so when they announced it at the xbox showcase sorry at the inside xbox in may i think they said it was coming out this holiday season for launch this time there was no dates given so maybe that's another victim of COVID that we'll have to keep an eye on i don't know yet uh, then suddenly uh, my weep detector in, in my in my room went off and I had to run outside because the next thing they showed was Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis which is coming to Xbox One, Series X and PC in 2021 and I have no fucking clue what it is do so, you know Basti? Um, Basti Senpai, I never played a Fantasy Star Online game um, really? like I would have I would have assumed like I mean you no. didn't you back in the day I, I always thought that like you know when when young Busty saw any kind of online RPG, like those games actually try to run away from you and you just like would mercilessly hunt them down to play. Yeah, except for Fantasy Star Online for some reason. But I think like in Europe, uh, the Fantasy Star Online series was uh, never a big thing and actually cannot was it even like properly released on PC in any any shape or form? I think there was a GameCube one. Uh, yeah, li- like no, like the, it, it was it was initially of course it was in Dreamcast later on it was on. GameCube. GameCube, um, yeah, I right. I don't think it, it ever came. I mean, like, still, like, the, the, the current one, so Fantasy Star Online 2, thanks to Microsoft, came to Xbox and PC in the US this year. I'm not sure if it's actually out in Europe at all, to be honest. No, it's not. That's it's super weird for me. Like, the Fantasy Star series is something I never got, got the, kind of like the chance to get into. And to be honest, after, uh, for me, announcing a game which only comes to the US was also. That that always felt that that almost felt insulting. Like it's kind of like okay, we we're showing you that thing which only players in in the states can get. And I'm like, what what the fuck is going on? We have 2020. Like seriously, I mean, you probably try out the waters if that. But also, I think in a world where Korean and some Japanese, but mostly Korean MMOs look incredibly good, um, Fantasy Star Online looks kind of very very old school and uh, not really appealing, to be honest. I mean, to me. be honest, that game is from 2012. It's it's a yeah 20. It it is an old game that only now, after eight years, thanks to Microsoft actually supporting them, it came to the West at all. Um. So yeah. 
I mean, but, yeah, it's. I think it's like an improved and like open world version. Like I think like it, it is more open world stuff. But again, yeah, same here. I've never really played Fantasy Star Online, which is funny because when it first, when Destiny first came out, there were a lot of memes where people said, "Oh, you know, Destiny is just like a reskin of Fantasy Star Online Seriously? because like it did a lot of similar." supposedly like supposedly it also had mm. three classes they were kind of similar um again like i've never played it so i could not make any and i mean you know me you're not i'm not the kind of guy who would make any you know like quick and harsh judgments about no, me no. or anime stuff because he doesn't know any better right no absolutely not to be honest for me the only thing i like about it is i would love to see more japanese games coming to xbox in general so maybe if they see that there's an interest they with the publishing department they put more effort into bringing more of that stuff to the console in general because you had a lot of japanese games on the 360 and then in the xbox one era it completely fizzled out you see it every time when they're doing like an anime or japanese games or asian games a sale in xbox store it's basically um 60% Naruto games, 30% One Piece games, whatever, and uh, which are apparently always the same stuff, and then maybe one, two things like Code Vein. But there's not much. And uh, PlayStation is way stronger in that regard, obviously. So, um, speaking of Korean games, um, next came a, a trailer for... I think it's still like one of the top three biggest games in the world, funnily enough, considering nobody in the West knows or plays it. Um, Crossfire. Uh, Crossfire X, as the the Xbox version is called. And so this is where it gets complicated a little bit. So Crossfire is a very old Counter-Strike clone by uh, Smilegate that uh, became super popular in China, where it's published by Tencent, to the point where, like, it's one of... Player-wise... It is easily one of the top three biggest PC games in the world, yep. thanks to its Chinese player count. Um, it's now coming to the West uh, to console as Crossfire X, and they thought, like, you know, what is the what is the easiest way to the heart of Marcel's everywhere? It's Remedy. So they've actually asked Remedy to make a single-player component of their of the Western version of their Korean Counter-Strike clone. Is that correct? Imagine if I would have asked you, Marcel, 2019, how about the idea, could you imagine a game like Crossfire coming to the West with a single-player campaign made by Remedy? Like, what? what? But here's the thing, like, what what would have been more unlikely to you if people had said that was going to happen or that somebody would put into a video game trailer a sad piano version of X going to give it to you from DMX? And the, the really funny thing is, you like, so, so real talk, you know, I'm, I'm mostly a metal person, right? Like, you know that. Um, X Gonna Give It To You was for quite a while back then, like, you know, like when, when it came out, when I was finishing school, it was one of my favorite songs. I still think it's like it's one of the best rap tracks. I loved X Gonna Give It To You. I did not fucking recognize it. Like, it was only afterwards on Twitter, Twitter, like, I saw a lot of people talking like, hey, they had this weird piano version of X Gonna And I was like, what did they really? And I listened to it again. I was like, wow, because it's just like, like, X Gonna sad piano give it to you he gonna give you like the fuck like, this Man, is i love remedy but about, i'm confused everything about this is weird this is so weird i love remedy but everything is weird and i don't know i, I really don't know how to 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 think about that one i think like even though I, you could see a little bit of the remedy dna in the in the combat scenes of the trailer like the feeling was like yeah this remedy i could could see that working out 
uh, I'm not sure if, if that is something I'm, I'm actually looking forward to. Like, if, then sorely because of Remedy, but not about the, the military shooter aspect, the presentation, the brand, or I don't know. I don't know. Same. I, I never had any interest at all whatsoever in Crossfire because, you know, I always had a PC that could actually play Counter-Strike, a.k.a. the, you know, the original game. Um, this one I will definitely play because it's Remedy. Um, I've seen some... Uh, some reviews or like you know like previews or so from people played it like who said it's quite good fun you know it, it shows like the remedy dna when it comes to action it's old school over the top yeah, so yeah i will definitely play this but purely for being remedy not because you know it's, no. it's fucking crossfire x um and with that with with crossfire x and remedy and dmx x gonna give it to you via set piano uh, and it's the uh, Xbox Game Studios publishing. Man, that's a ton of access today. Uh, segments. Uh, back on came Matt Booty, uh, the video game executive with by far the best name ever. Oh, yeah. And um, he gave also an update on. You know, f- first of all, he mentioned, like, you know, you've seen 22 games today. All of them will be launching uh, on Xbox Game Pass uh, day one. Funnily enough, the only exception to that is Crossfire X's single-player campaign by Remedy, because that is going to be, and their wording, not mine, a uh, Battle Pass perk. I don't know how that's going to work. Does it just mean I buy a 10-euro Battle Pass and I can play the single-player? I don't know. I'm going to find out, this because it's Remedy, so and you know, I, must, I must respect my man. So weird. But, um, yeah, that was the only exception. Everything else you've seen, and I thought, like, you know, that is... That is a, it, it, if you think about it, it's, it's a mind-blowing statement. Like, you know, if somebody five years ago had told you, hey, they're going to, somebody's going to do one of those big E3-style uh, conferences, and at the end they're going to say all 22 games you've seen today, you can play for one, you know, fairly decently priced subscription price. Um, I think that is still you know, kind of mind-blowing. Holy shit, the, the value of the Xbox Game Pass. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching that. I'm telling that you, to you, you guys you for a long time that. now. So You are the preachiest. Who is right here? Xbox Game Pass is our lord and savior. And to be honest, with uh, some, some other models and ideas in the industry coming up, I think people will struggle to compete against Game Pass for a long time, especially with the with the Xbox Cloud on the horizon. Um, it's brilliant. Xbox Game Pass is all you need in your life. Uh, I, I should once again at this point normally Richard does that but since Richard no longer exists I should probably point out that we are not getting paid by Xbox Game Pass like that's the real the weird thing like Basti does all of his preaching and shilling for free which I think makes you the, wor- the world's worst shill because like you, you are ruining other people's jobs you know like you, you are a yeah you know like other people try to make money shilling this stuff you just do it for free you're ruining the market for other upstanding honest chills and I was always so surprised why we're not getting money for this but this is yeah, a well, proper now, explanation now you know. exactly the other thing that uh, Matt Booty mentioned is that um, uh, Xbox Series X is going to have a lineup of over 100 games this holiday season and I have no clue what that means like again like this is one of those things does it mean native games that's very unlikely uh, does it mean games with backwards compatibility? That's also not right because there should be way more than a hundred. Um, or is it maybe games that have been updated somehow? Because he said that while also mentioning that Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, and Sea of Thieves will all be getting uh, Xbox Series X updates and improvements this holiday season. 
So I... my takeaway there would probably be that there's going to be over 100 games that are somehow improved, but I'm not quite sure. I just hope that he knows. Well, yeah. That, that, would, that, would, that would actually be great, yes. Uh, he then signed off with just one more thing, you know, um, and that was probably at that point one of the industry's worst kept secrets, and that is that Fable, the the beloved RPG series by the even more beloved Peter Molyneux, is making a comeback minus to Peter uh, by a Playground game, so the creators of Forza Horizon. So they had a CG trailer. Um, I really liked it. I thought it like really it, it kept like the Brit. I'm actually still not sure like the voice like talking. Is it was it was it Stephen Fry or was it just somebody sounding like him? I don't know. I don't think it was Stephen Fry, but someone someone who who sounded like him to be honest. Because, because he has said... been in those games in the past. Oh yeah, you're right. So maybe he was oh. always Jack of Blades, I think, right? Oh. So yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, again, like it was it was obviously a a very British sounding gentleman. I think it really nailed the 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 humor, you know, like just having that that pretty fairy flying around the forest until it gets eaten by like a f- big fat uh, frog or toad. Um, uh, w- when that happened, like you know, I turned to my fiance and said, "That that feels like fable, you know, that feels like exactly yeah, like the kind of fable absolutely. humor." So uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to this one. Um, I liked Fable One. Uh, fable Two is one of my favorite games from that generation. Fable 3 was fun, but I thought not nearly as good as Fable 2. Um, I've, I've read an interesting article today on uh, PC Games Network where they, you know, went through the clues and, like, the different things that are on the trailer, and it, it definitely, like, it gives the vibe of, like, going more back to back uh, to a Fable 2 world, so it's pre-industrialization. It's more like that classic uh, fantasy. It has the humor. It has the Britishness. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Fable 2 is... One of the games where which I uh, completed regarding uh, Xbox achievements, which is rarely the case, as you might know, because Marcel tells everyone that I don't play video games. But we, me and my partner, we we spent I have no idea how many hours in, in Fable Two, but that game was absolutely brilliant. It's also very very nice to be able to talk about Fable without Richard being here. Like I never liked those games. Screw him. So good. Like the, this is you know, it's a brave new Richardless world. I like it. I dig it. So yeah, um, now going back to what we said at the start, of course, at the start we jumped over the the most important thing, uh, the pièce de résistance, the thing that has uh, dominated all conversation about the show ever since, and that is uh, Craig the Brute. Oh boy! Not. It's uh, it's Halo Infinite. So um, they started the show with a CG trailer of Master Chief's Mjolnir armor being forged. And him getting ready to do glorious sci-fi combats, and then came a eight-minute in-game uh, gameplay demo of Halo Infinite. Um, good things first. First things first. Um, I really liked the the gameplay shown. The gameplay looked amazing. I think it was it was very obvious. I mean, the day before the show, they already released the cover like, slash key art of the game. Uh, both from that and also this demo, it, it was super obvious that they're trying to hark back to the olden days, because the first thing that I that I thought, and I think many people, when when the demo started, was this is just like Halo, and by Halo I mean the actual level Halo, which is the second level of the first Halo of Halo Combat Evolved. You know, the first time you touch on that ring, like it's it's a beautiful open world. You get in that jeep, you start driving around. Um, that was back then mind blowing, of course. Like you know, people like like you and me, we have a ton of nostalgia for that yeah. moment. 
and I think that is very much what that what that demo was was going for. It's like, hey, you know, this is like the old days. Um, the combat looked fun. It, uh, I'm very intrigued to find out more about like the open world approach, how open world is really going to be, how much opportunities are going to have, you know, to pick the the order in which you want to do your objectives and stuff like that. I really hope um, it won't be just a classic. But let's go with the positives first. Yeah, please, please go positives. Yeah, to be honest, like for me, I think the the biggest takeaway was the 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 whole gameplay combat flow looked absolutely good. Like looked great. It looked like, like the, Halo, right? It looked like, it looked, but that is not a bad thing. Like, um, no, no, I, I, it looked like it 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 looked more like Bungie Halo than the. the yeah, it's that what you said about Destiny. That, that like that that feeling of combat and how combat feels is so incredibly important for the Halo series, and it feels so good. And there's something you sometimes have have a hard time to show in a video, but playing a Halo game and how the combat and the weapons feel and all that kind of stuff. This is masterclass in, in FPS in my opinion and that trailer has shown me exactly why I like Halo um, the combat felt snappy good impactful it has shown that you have a lot of like tactical variety in how you approach situations which I expect from from a Halo game I like the part with the uh, even like the, the grappling hook when they first talked about that or when it was leaked that's, I was that's like the, the biggest new element they've shown apart from the open world is the grappling hook but grappling these like plasma canisters and stuff and throwing them that is that is stuff I really really like more than actually like grappling someone to uh, punch him but I think like throwing stuff around etc is really really good um, I like the Warthog theme even though I think it was a little bit honest, too... are you are you a good Warthog driver no, I think the the Warthog driving looked a little bit too functional. It should look a little bit more clunky and wobbly and weird because it's a Warthog. Hmm. It's supposed to be that way. They should have bounced around more and um, get stuck in a, in a big rock. Maybe like the demo they showed is what it looks like when somebody halfway competent drives the Warthog. And nah, the image that you have in your mind is what happens when somebody halfway busty drives the Warthog. Don't tell me you're an excellent Warthog driver. I, 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 for a while, I used to be pretty good. Oh, I remember. But to be honest, remember, I also, uh, I shouldn't say this, because you know, like uh, that, that suddenly explains why my studies took so long at university. But I played, I believe, a little bit over five thousand multiplayer matches of Halo Two. I also remember. So you could say years I had ago. a little bit of experience driving that thing. Years ago, Marcel, it was we were still like in Ireland. You, we were playing a match of League of Legends, and in the loading screen, you told us that you're currently unlocking some Warthog achievement in Halo while we were actually loading into a League of Legends match. Yeah, I used to do that a lot. Like uh, I would frequently, when waiting for for battlegrounds in in World of Warcraft before like pool service together, like it could sometimes take a long time for battlegrounds. To ma- to matchmake, uh, I would sit there just playing Halo in the meantime. You are weird. I know I'm able to multitask and also slightly ADD. Scary. Um, yeah, they also said uh, again like this is an open world game. They uh, said like it's not a small campaign, and it would this is their words that it would be bigger than Halo Four and Five combined, uh, the single player elements. So yeah. Uh, again, I think I think it is in in a way I think it's quite reassuring that almost nothing about the sometimes very very angry and drastic discussions I've seen about that demo were actually about the gameplay. To be honest, 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, especially after the, the, the let's say, critique in the campaign for Halo 5, it seems like they, they got their stuff together and working gameplay-wise on a game which just ticks everything a checkbox of a Halo fan, what they expect from a Halo game, right? I mean, to be honest, like the only thing that was missing for me at that point really was Cortana, Yeah. which doesn't seem to be back in the game. So I think like story-wise, I think they made a good choice because... Um, Obviously, at the end of like Halo 5, there was a cliffhanger, as always with Halo games. But like, you know, what do you do when you have a cliffhanger to a story that most of your fans tell you that they do not like and don't care about? So uh, what happens here seems to be that um, this is set far in the future. And you will, through the game, like throughout the game, actually learn what happened back then. So like essentially, you know, they're, they're, jump they're, they're, they're jumping over those games that a lot of, again, like a lot of fans, including myself, like, told them like we don't really like that story so i think that is a smart choice like really you know it, no. it, it does feel like a soft reboot almost um of of halo so that is all good i'm a little bit um, worried though i hope the open world part will be like halo 1 maybe with a few additions obviously you've seen the map where it could go to different parts etc in different orders but i hope it will not be just your classic idea of a modern open world game like I hope that the the actual campaign and the story and there will be linear like a lot of like strong linear um, campaign uh, uh, elements with just like the strategic freedom you have thanks to the open world and not cookie cutter open world elements. I, mean, I cannot imagine that it will be like that, but a little bit afraid because like my open world fatigue is still real. Well, it seems to be that um, so after after the thing. Um, selected press were able to, um, you know, like be, be shown that demo again behind closed doors, which these days, of course, means remotely online, and ask questions. And one outlet said that um, they saw, like, for a moment, the map, and there was a couple stuff things on there, like you know, go go here to save marines and like friendly outposts and stuff. Hmm. My personal guess or feeling, if I had to right now, I would actually think that it is kind of like Destiny. Like it's like a light open world, where in the open world, like you go to, um, you know, like the 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 thing, the market, the objective, whatever that then starts like a standard, like you know, cinematic uh, single player mission. That would be that okay would, for I me. I guess the way it works in Destiny. That would be actually then, cool. Like, yeah. Probably you can do like the open world stuff or not. Again, that is a wild guess, but uh, we'll see. So yeah, that was you know the gameplay again. Like I'm happy about all of that. So Basti, tell us about uh, the. The short but already very, very eventful life of Craig the Brute. Craig the Brute. Um, I mean, I think there were like two major points which people are complaining about. And I mean, and obviously, a lot of the, the, the folks in the internet um, had a lot of a weird assumption about why it is that way or what is, what is actually going on. But I think the first thing was um, the lighting. And resulting like flag track, the, like the way of uh, they use global illum illumination was not impressive at all in a sense of that it looked all very, very flat and weird. And the second thing was the textures. I mean, with Craig, it's obviously not, not only the textures, but also the design of the brutes. But yeah, unfortunately, that was not a great showcase for a next gen flagship title. Even though I have a lot of like ideas why that might be the case, and I think they even said something like they played that on an old PC build, which was like the same hardware than an Xbox One X or something, uh, Series X. Um, but yeah, to be honest, 
as much as I love Halo and I like the gameplay and I think it's really sad that that overshadowed the gameplay uh, aspect, I kind of agree that it was not a great showcase uh, visually wise. Like there was a lot of like weird things which I hope they can maybe fix because they said that they uh, will like later on um, in, uh, like bring bring ray tracing etc. to the game. But it's weird. I don't know. What's your what's your opinion on that one, Marcel? Yeah, I mean, as you said, like it's 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 very sad that even though like the gameplay looked very cool, by far the the most dominant topic for the for the like about the entire showcase and of course Halo uh, has been Halo gra- Halo's graphics, which have been underwhelming. Uh, there's a couple of things here. Uh, for one, uh, our old friend that we've cited here many times, usually when we talk about Crisis, uh, Alex uh, Battaglia from Digital Foundry, he did a very interesting 18-minute video. So oh, I need to check that one out. Why, why Halo looks the way it does, check it out. He explains in great detail, as Basti said, like the main reason it looked... I mean, there's two things. One is that it's um, it's dynamic lighting, which I feel makes sense for something like Halo, because like really what always made Halo special to me as compared to other games is just like how dynamic the world is. You know, like Halo is that game where like you 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 try to hit a grunt with your with your uh, warthog, then you jump off a cliff, you crash into like an explosive coil, that coil explodes, and your warthog is flipped 30 meters through the air. You know, that's Halo to me. Like just like the, the sheer wild unpredict- uh, unpredictability. Uh, that's why I love Halo. And I think for something like that, you know, with like a ton of uh, dynamic objects, it, it, like it makes sense to use that lighting. But even then, um, there's trade-offs. And I think like what Alex really, really did a good job explaining and laying out is I think the biggest issue here is that uh, most of the demo is actually in the shadow. Like the, almost constantly you are in the shadow of something. And due to the way that dynamic lighting works, that makes a lot of the textures look flat. So for example, like he has a few comparison shots, like when you take the battle rifle and you take a screenshot, you know, or like a shot, a still frame that's in, in the shadow and it's out in the sun, it looks completely different. Like in the sun, that gun looks so much better. It looks way more detailed. And when you have like the same gun in the shadow, it suddenly looks very flat and you know, last Jenny. I mean, so I think that is that is unfortunate. And yeah, as you said, there's a couple of things that have popped up since. Um, of course, you know, with things like this, especially when it happens after something has been received negatively, then you never really know how much of this damage control, how much of that is accurate. But yes, a few things are that, uh, as you mentioned, like it's it's been said that this build is fairly old. I've heard people say it's as old as January of this year or so. Ooh, um, okay. It was supposedly, uh, this much seems to be sure it was running on a PC, not on the Series X. Supposedly, it was a PC that hardware-wise is close to a Series X, but I've also heard people say that um, it was actually not like the graphics settings of a Series X, like the Series X would be looking better than this. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very hard to say. Of course, COVID has, uh, you know, as, as we know ourselves from our own job, what we've heard from friends or so, like um, working on console, a console dev kits remotely is, is way more complex and complicated than PC. Yeah. So I think it definitely makes sense that it chose the PC version, considering that. But um, yeah, it, that that it, I think definitely it's going to be looking better when it comes out. The question really is how much better can it look? I mean, um, also as you mentioned, sorry, just let me briefly yeah, yeah. before I forget my thought. You know, I'm ADD. I'm already planning to play three <laughs> different games at the same time, simultaneously, same time. Um, shit, <laughs> I already forgot it. No, but <laughs> I ruined uh, it. As you mentioned, as you mentioned, there's going to be a ray tracing added later. I mean, they already said, and this is also interesting because I think it's the same thought that we talked about for Forza earlier. 
um, this is going to be Halo as a platform. They said they do not expect to have any new classic standalone Halo games for many years. Um, instead, like Infinite is going to be a platform that they build new content on. For example, they, they say they will release new single-player content in the future, you know, like, uh, but it's not going to be fully new games, which to me, it makes a lot of sense. I yeah. think it's the future, and I always think it's wasteful to throw everything you build away after a couple of years. So yeah, I'm definitely, I'm sure like the graphics are going to be better at launch. I think they will keep improving later on with stuff like ray tracing or so. The question really is how much. And here, I think, you know, it's really between this and as we said, all games coming to to Xbox Game Pass, I think this is really where it shows that in in a way, strictly speaking, I don't think Sony and Microsoft are really competing anymore. No. Um, Sony is... You know, so, Sony's Hollywood. Like, Sony's trying to sell consoles, and they do that by producing these absolutely stellar um, like blockbuster, uh, summer blockbuster movies, right? Like, their stuff looks amazing, as we talked about when we talked about the showcase. Um, Ratchet looks stunning. Uh, Miles Morales looks super cool. Uh, Horizon looks amazing. And with Microsoft, really, they, for, for them, like, it's not, they, they, they do not necessarily want to sell you consoles. I mean, like, just last week, they literally set. We don't want you to feel forced to buy a console this year. Yeah. For them, it's really like we want you to to subscribe to Xbox Game Pass, play our games. We don't care if you do it on an old Xbox, on a new Xbox, on PC, on mobile via X- Game Cloud. Um, you know, it's like it's really like that Netflix approach, right? Like they want stuff that keeps you engaged. They want these platforms that that you can build stuff to on and that keep people coming back, like Forza, like Sea of Thieves, like Halo. I'm sure like Everwild is going to be like that. But yes, of course, the downside of all of that, as we just said, is that unfortunately Halo does not look like a, a amazing next-gen launch title. I should say here, and that is maybe something that a lot of people keep forgetting, but uh, fortunately I'm old as fuck, so I do remember, is that Halo games were often actually not that graphically amazing. Or like, you know, no, they were true. not like the best-looking games at the time. I remember like Halo 2 got a lot of criticism at the time, that it didn't look fantastic because it came out um it came out the same year as as Doom 3 and and Half-Life 2 and of course you know it did look as great as those games but as i said like really the thing with Halo was always that dynamic world and like crazy experience of like big open world 16 players vehicles you know Warthogs driving around banshees flying around all that stuff um and i think you know getting all of that at 60 fps i think that's super important like that was like really with Halo, uh, Halo 5, like, there's a lot of stuff to dislike about that game, but, like, the multiplayer feels really, really good thanks to the 60 FPS, and I'm glad that they're keeping that. Um, but, yeah, you know, all of that uh, comes back to what you what you were saying, Basti. Like, it it doesn't look as good as, as I'm sure, like, a lot of people had expecting. And I think here, really, what is clashing is, on the one side, their strategy of, of you know, saying, we, we don't care where you play your stuff, just play our stuff, whatever platform you want. And also on the other time, on the other side, you know, for for a year now, saying we have the most powerful console ever made. It's so powerful. It's got all the power and the GPU and the teraflops and the power. Uh, and I think that is just like a he like the messaging is clashing here, right? Between like we have all the power, but also here's all our games that do not use that power because we want you to be able to play them on anything. Yeah. And that is weird. Like that is, I think that's a little bit of a weird disconnect. And I'm sure like you had a lot of great thoughts before I kept interrupting you so I could finish my own thoughts. <laughs> I think uh, the the only the only Halo game which like visually really 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 impressed me was Halo Four because of the end of the 360 life cycle that game looked. Halo Four looked really really good, and I think like Halo shit, Five, that considering that it was 60 FPS, it also looked yeah. like it, it looks really good. But but, but yes. I mean, you said something important with the not only with the 60 FPS. Um, the the really important part was that 
it's not only 60 FPS, it's a 60 FPS 4K open world game. And that is, that is, I think, a problem because even though the new consoles are very powerful, matching 60 FPS while being 4K in open world is really rough. That's why a lot of the, 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 the game announcements for open world games say uh, 4K 30 FPS. Okay. And I, I, I absolutely like that they say, no, 60, 60 FPS, it's a given deck. This is, this is a Halo game. We need that. But also, um, that comes with the downside that uh, the Sony competition, like most of the Sony single-party games, are uh, 180p, and they look visually stunning because they can—they're able to put all the, the the graphical power and features in there, just limited to to a lower resolution and lower frame rate. But now we're entering a territory where, if Halo would be um, a 4K 30 FPS game only, as an example, they would be able to you said that the, the Alex talked a lot about lighting like if you use a lot of like pre-baked lighting and other stuff and, and some other lighting met- met- methods not only mainly focus on global illumination that means that costs a ton of performance and I'm also a little bit suspect that they have the trouble meeting that 4k 60 fps um, target yet because we all know that Technic evolves, etc. So after a while, maybe one, two years into console cycle, um, games will be way more and game developers is, is way better to adapting to the to the hardware. But maybe that is one one of the reasons. Because I mean, you have seen seen texture popping a little bit in that trailer, um, which is also to be expected even with a with a fast SSD, because you load still visual Honest, elements. Like that was that was to me like the most the more disappointing thing was like the the pop up and the load in. Um, because yeah, like as 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 you said, like as Alex explained in great detail, a ton of this stuff is just down to the lighting choices, um, and I think obviously that's not something that's going to change right now. Uh, the pop in is was more concerning to me. Here, uh, I I also agree like with with what Alex was saying in his video that he thinks um, going for or like as you just also said that going for 60 FPS 4K is maybe overkill. Maybe it would be a wiser choice to you know, to go for uh what is it 1440p and yeah. just you know upscale it like uh a yeah, ton just, of Sony just games, like rendering, exactly. it's upscaling stuff like that it still looks fantastic uh <coughs> sorry you got that 60 fps because as you said like uh, right now uh, it, it you know it feels like a perfect storm of like you want the 60 fps it's got to be 4k because that is their messaging for most powerful console um, it's open world. It's also a dynamic lighting, which is you know, just performance-wise very expensive. Yeah, you know, it, it feels like all of these things together. There, there's always going to be compromises. And personally, I think out of all those compromises, like just lowering the resolution, and you know, just using one of these many, many different upscaling techniques available today would be preferable. To you know, as we said, like 60 FPS is a given. Obviously, open world's not going to change because you know the game's almost done. Um, I, th- I think that could be a viable path. So yeah, I- I'm sure the game is going to look better once it comes out. The question yeah. for me really is how much better is it going to be and what is going to be the compromise? W- where is it going to come from? Last thing I have to add is, oh boy, why Naked Apes? I love the original brew design so much and I understand that there may be like, as you said, the plays way in the future. There might be a lot of stuff going on in the Covenant. Why? I think the design looks weird. Look, um, as as my favorite out of all the crack, the brute meme says, there's no need to worry. Hmm. It'll be brut- brutishly fine somehow. Hmm. So yeah, I mean that was that was the Halo bit. Uh, definitely, we're going to keep an eye on how it's going to look like the next time around. 
supposedly there's going to be another show blow, both for PlayStation and Xbox this August. Um, because obviously, you know, like small, insignificant details like how much does it cost, when is it going to come out, what are the launch games, are still unclear for both consoles. So we're going to keep an eye out on all of that. But with that said, <clears throat> what was like your overall, like your summary of the show? Like what are your, if you had to summarize it in a couple sentences, did you like it? Did you not? Did you, do you feel compelled to to shill Xbox Game Pass even harder than you were before? You know, what's, what's your takeaway? I think your, your perfect, your perfect summary was, it was basically a Xbox Game Pass show. And uh, as such, I really liked it. But even though it was better than the one before, um, I think the the initial uh, comment from Phil Spencer that he feels very confident confident about that one after the Sony conference was a little bit misleading. So I'm a bit underwhelmed, but it was let's say it was all right. The problem this year I have with all the summer fest and all the conference etc. That sometimes I'm I'm struggling like a couple of weeks later to remember what was shown. Like same for the Sony conferences to be to be bluntly honest. And I hope that next time. We get a final price, we get a little bit more gameplay and that they have still a few tricks up their sleeve because um, I expected a little bit more, to be honest. You know, that that's all very fair. I think that like reflects a lot of the stuff I've seen online. Um, for me, my takeaway is that I think it was a pretty good show for their strategy. Um, and I think that is really like the mod, like the, you know, the, the, the modifier or the context that it needs on there that we set. Their strategy is not to sell you a series x this year their strategy is to get you to subscribe to game pass and hopefully to stay subscribed to that yeah. ecosystem for many years to come uh, for that strategy i think it was a good show i think they made a very compelling case in showing like they really bolstering up the first party output they are and that's something that they've been accused of in the past where they said like that microsoft maybe had a tendency to push out games too soon like they're showing with stuff like you know forza or so that they're willing to give the teams the time to get it right I mean, also, you know, Halo, of course. Um, and they said that, like, Halo Infinite probably would have come out sooner if the reaction to Halo 5 would have been more positive. So it's definitely mm -hmm. showing that, like, they're willing to give their first-party teams time. They're really ramping up the first-party efforts. Um, they have a great variety of games that are not just cars and shooting, you know, stuff like Everwild so, um, or As Dusk Falls. So I, I think all of that is good. If you know, if if you th or like, if somebody wants to rank this show by saying, did it convince me to buy a Series X this this fall? I would have to say probably not so far. Again, you know, because uh, Halo, um, it's gonna be a ton of fun to play. I'm sure it's also going to be you know available on much cheaper Xboxes. It's going to be available on your PC. Yeah. Um, a ton of the other heavy hitters that I'm really really excited about, like Avowed or Fable. We don't know yet when they're coming. I would expect those to start coming out in 2021 and later. So I think that is really like the caveat there that um, uh, the, the, uh, uh, there were really promising games shown, um, but a lot of it was CG. We don't know yet when it's coming. And like so far, they haven't really made a great case for buying the new powerful console. They have, however, I think made a fantastic case for buying Xbox Game Pass because honestly, at this point, like it's it's just ridiculously good value. And, you know, stuff like Destiny 2, I think that's a really big announcement. Can, can, we, can we all agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Richard, what's your take on this? I think Marcelo's really handsome today. That's a good point. Thank you, Richard. So yeah, um, I think then you know we can we can wrap this up again. Uh, in, in August, we will be back with more 
hard-hitting expert uh, analysis on the latest news on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Xbox Game Pass, and Crack the Brute, maybe, who knows. Um, Basti, what would you like to leave our, our dear audiences, listeners, uh, with today to make up for the you know brutal lack of Richardness? To be honest, I wondered about one thing. Yes. Like, usually, we have a lot of segues in our show. And this That's time... That's true. Shit, there was not a single segue today. I think... While leaving my Twitter handle, so if you want to get in touch with me, at BastianTun, T-H-U-N, but please don't share too many crack uh, memes because I've seen all of them. Um, I leave it to you to, to bring in a th segue how we make all this relevant to Todd Howard today. How do we make all of this relevant to Todd Howard today? Oh, shit, that's a good one. I mean, honestly... Any day now, you know, it feels like there's been so many different versions and stuff. Any day, there's just going to be like Skyrim Game Pass. Yeah, like Skyrim Game Pass, updated version. once for one low price and for from now until the end of time, any new console, any new hardware comes out, you will be able to play Skyrim on there with the Skyrim Game Pass. We can play 20, 20 euros for a for community-made mod for 4K textures. Um, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, as as you know, Basti mentioned, you can hit him up on Twitter. Of course, you can also talk to us on Twitter in general. It's P Lunchcast, so at Plunchcast. Plunchcast just rolls off the tongue, just like projectile lunch. Um, you can talk to me, of course, at com underscore Raven. Um, if you have any thoughts on uh, Richard the Brute or Craig the Richard or whatever, uh, please hit us up. And uh, we look, uh, we shit. Let me get my own shit right. God damn it. And we look forward to being listened to by you again next week. Right, Basti? That was good. That was good. We, I think we. Did it is. Show, it right? is. It is tough to be honest. It is. It's kind of rough. Also, like next Actually. time when we when we don't get Richard back, at maybe we we look for someone else at Fiverr, someone maybe with a with a Italian accent for a change or something. That would be nice, actually. Goodbye.